Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Sci-Fi Dig. It has been a, uh, a crazy last month or so, and um, my game plan was to go and uh, do my traditional 2019 list, or 2018 list of things that, not necessarily new, but things that are new to me that I've come across that have brought me some enjoyment and some entertainment in my life. And what I initially done is I had recorded a couple shows before I went on vacation and uh, put them up so that they would drop accordingly. And naturally, um, about three days into vacation, I got a, a message from a friend of mine, and then I got about eight more messages from people letting me know that the files were corrupted. They just ended, they ended abruptly, and um, it wasn't a complete show. So I've come back and fixed that. The problem was during the upload, something happened, and it only got part of the file. So we went to Disney for Christmas. We try to go to Disney every year for Christmas. Um, it is, uh, I, I always like it because um, Christmas Day here, it, when I stay home, is really um, kind of crazy. We, uh, you know, um, we have a big family, so we try to hit everybody's houses. We never make it to all of them, but we get up at like 6 and don't go to bed till about, we get up at like 6 a.m. and don't go to bed till about 1 a.m. the following day, and then I have to go back to work. So usually I'm exhausted and... Um, Let's be realistic. If I got any toys, I don't get time to play with them. It's very upsetting to me. So anyway, we try to go. We decided one year we wanted to try Disney for Christmas. We liked it so much. So we try to plan it during that time. And it works out well because, um, you know, it, both, of our, both of our places of work are closed for a couple of days during the holidays. So that's, that's extra vacation time I don't have to have. And um, not only that, but since it's not quite as busy, um, since those days are down, um, downtime, then it's not as uh, – tight as at my work because um we have enough people to cover so um it is kind of become a tradition we've done like the last three years and we really like it. we have a good time and and um i like it because the weather if i'm lucky there's enough warm weather that usually i can get a couple runs in outside which at home i'm not going to be able to uh to do that it's gonna it's just it's too freaking cold here and it was funny this year um this is the first year I decided that I was not going to run in the winter. Um, I, was, I wasn't going to run outside in the winter. Um, every other year, even if it's been, I mean, I have I have pictures from when I when I ran, and it's been like I used to have a really really long mustache, and I've had pictures when I've run when it's been seventeen degrees out, and after pictures, my whole mustache is covered with ice. Um, and you know, I, but the thing is, it was uh, you know I don't the first couple miles, it's just the cold is so debilitating and just makes you so angry and so this year I decided you know I'm not going to do that anymore so this is the first year that I got sick and um I swear it's because if I run outside in the cold it just it just make you breathe in that cold air and stuff just makes you more hearty so we went to Disney and um <clears throat> my boy got sick and he um he just had a, a sinus infection it was driving crazy so I started getting it on a tail end so by the time we came back home it was uh, it was pretty full blown and, and kind of nasty, which wasn't a big deal in itself. You know, I could deal with that, but I lost my voice, and that has never happened before. I lost my voice for almost a week, so I came back and I went to work for a couple of days, and then suddenly I couldn't talk. And no matter what, I could scream as loud as I could. It was a whisper, and I am like, "This is ridiculous." So I couldn't work because I couldn't communicate. So I missed two days of work, first time I've called off in seven years, and then. Um, after that, my wife went to work, and then she calls me and says, hey, I need you to come and get me. She goes, I cannot stop throwing up. So I was like, all right. So I went and got her. So then she was home, 
And I kept thinking, there's no way I'm going to, there's no way I'm going to get this too. Cause like, you know, who gets two viruses at one time? So by the time I felt good enough to go to work the next week, I went to work. I was there for three hours and I was so sick. I was like, I'm going home. This is a huge mistake. So I went home and I slept for like 18 hours and then, um, got rid of that bug. So hopefully I am all done. Hopefully I am all done with being sick and having, uh, you know, uh, any kind of other ailments for right now. You know, one of the things that uh, was very annoying during the time I lost my voice was that I had two days off where everybody was gone and I had nothing to do. And I re- I mean, well, I mean, I could obviously find something to entertain myself. Um, I don't know if you people know or not, but I have one or two DVDs laying around. So I was like, well, um, I can, I could love to record a podcast, but there was not, there was no way. Even if I tried, um, even if I cranked the gain up on the mic, it, it just wasn't happening. And I was so frustrated because I just wanted to talk about some of the things that uh, on my list here. So here we are, mid January, and um, I still have this list, and this is probably the biggest list I've had for um, for an annual list in a very long time. I've came come across uh, multiple things this in, in 2018 that I really loved, really enjoyed, and. Um, actually, I think the majority of them are actually um, fairly new things. Usually I come up with something that's like, yeah, I know this this show was put out in 1978, and I really love it. But uh, anyway, I, so I wanted to share some of this stuff with you. So I don't have a, uh, I don't have a box set review this week. Um, I, uh, I was going to throw one in there, but I think that I have plenty of things to uh, to you know, to talk about without having to go in and, and try to jump into a box set review. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about, um, that my number one favorite thing of 2018, um, in entertainment that I really enjoyed, really grabbed me. And it's very timely because the new season's getting ready to start up is Star Trek Discovery. Now, Star Trek Discovery, you know, they announced it and it took a while for, um, us to have an entire season and for it to start streaming. It was on CBS All Access. Um, a lot of people complained about it, and rightly so, because you know CBS All Access was charging you ten bucks a month, and um, they, this is pretty much all that they had. I mean, yeah, they had the other CBS programs that were over the air, but they didn't really have any other um, original programming. So it seemed kind of expensive compared to like a Netflix or something like that, where you get all the original programming for that price. But um, I wanted to see it. They dropped a trailer, and. The uh, the trailer looked interesting, but I wasn't sure what we were going to be getting. But I was I was intrigued. I, I, there was to me there was like no downside. I wasn't complaining. I wasn't for. How can you form an opinion on a, on a ten second trailer? But people did um, because well the internet. And so um, I watched the first episode and I liked it, but I didn't love it. I liked it, but I think my problem was uh, it, honestly in the first episode too many Klingons. And I thought I would say think I would say that, but since it's the early days. There was a lot of uh, political infighting in the, in the Klingon houses, and, and I didn't uh, I didn't love it, but I liked the uh, the Starfleet characters. And as this show progressed, this became um, by the time by the time episode three was done, this show had become um, must see for me. I did not as, as soon as I could watch it, I did. I didn't wait on it. I didn't sit around on. It. I didn't wait till like the next day. As soon as it was available and I could watch it, I did. And I just love this show. I cannot say enough good things about it. I was um, on one hand the internet, so I wasn't surprised when people were complaining about it. Okay, but on the other hand, 
I was surprised people were complaining about it. There were some seemed to be some complaints. I don't. I, I still don't understand what the exact issue is because this show is freaking brilliant. I mean, they have they have all the characters we like. They have we have enough. Um, we have enough mystery to these characters that I want to know more, and I want to know you know the timeline, um, how this fits in. Now I don't care about. Yeah, you know, people complain about the dumbest stuff like. There were complaints about the uniforms. Well, these uniforms, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, well, you know, this is – granted, this is before TOS, but this is an upgraded version of Trek. So, you know, it, it, considering the time frame and everything, considering our ability now, yeah, we're going to make uniforms that, you know, if this show was made today, this is what they would look like. So, like, let it go, man. I mean, like, hanging on to that, um, that minutia does, does nothing. It just it, it makes it just I don't know just enjoy the show for what it is, but there has been some amazing amazing uh, episodes, and man I love the characters in the show they the development of these characters, um, the things that happened I did not see coming, but not only that but you had certain characters like I'm trying to to review without. Um, Spoiling because a lot of reasons. A lot of people didn't get CBS All Access. A lot of people just now bought them. I mean, they, they became available on Blu-ray um, a couple or like a month ago or so. And I don't want to spoil anything, but there are characters that started out as one way, and by the time we get to the end of the series or end of season one, rather, um, they are the complete flip side of what we thought. And um, man, it's just it's really good. Like all the characters had nice development arcs, and that is something um, I haven't seen in a show in quite some time. And they all ended up. Um, pretty far away from where they started, and I really enjoyed it. None of it was forced. It all seemed very organic. I mean, I just like this show a lot. I think it did a great job with it, and I don't really have any complaints at all. Um, if I have to have a complaint, my only complaint was is when the Blu-rays dropped, they were crazy expensive. They were like 50 bucks for these episodes, and I wasn't paying that. Now, I, I still haven't picked up the show on Blu-ray because I want to go back and rewatch, but I will. And, yeah, you know, I know you can just get streaming and rewatch it that way, but um, my internet connection, not the best in the world, and I want as much HD. This show, this show is beautiful to look at, and I want as much HD ability as I can. As much The better-looking show I can get on this particular one, I, I want to see that. I love this show. I think um, if, if I have to uh, rate this right now, um, I'm going to give it four out of five. And the only reason I'm taking a star away is because, well, I gave TOS 5 out of 5. Nothing's ever going to touch that, so we're going to keep this about around 4 out of 5. And because of the presentation, I mean, honestly, if there was uh, if, if there was a better way to see this or, of course, if you don't live in the U.S., you can watch it on Netflix. So we kind of get screwed there. But um, it, it's just a great show, and I cannot wait um, for season two. The other thing about this show that I really enjoyed is that there was uh, a particular artist on um, – I think it came across them. I think they're, they're, most of their work was displayed on Tumblr, and they were doing retro movie posters for each episode. And um, I love them. The posters were just so cool and so fun. But unfortunately, they were not available for sale anywhere um, because I'm not sure if, if um, he had the license or not. So, I, but I'm waiting. I, I actually haven't gone back in a couple of months to check, but I need to go back and check and see if those are available because there's one particular episode that. Um, I really would um, love to go back and uh, get a poster of that. You know, even I realize they can only get so big, but um, I just really loved it because that, that episode was just it had it was an episode that had um, a couple of things. I had one particular thing I didn't really like. Um, there's a scene where one of the characters is uh, crawling through uh, like a Jeffrey's tube type deal. And um, she's reciting um, a part of Alice in Wonderland. And I just felt that 
You know, if I was being chased by somebody, I don't think I'd be reciting a book. I think that it would be more like a whole lot of curse words coming from my mouth um, and not like reciting part of a book. But um, other than that, the entire episode um, was fantastic. And you have the great line there about context is for kings. And I just absolutely love that line. It's a great, li- it's a great line to live by. It was a great line in the show. And I just absolutely uh, thought it was fantastic. For those of you that have not seen that episode or have not seen the show, um, there is a conversation between two characters. One of them is the captain, and um, they were discussing discussing um, law. And the captain says, universal law is for lackeys and context is for kings. And that, and especially in today's political climate, that absolutely positively um, is a brilliant thing to say. Um, it's all in how you know in the context of things rather than just in a blank statement. And I just absolutely, I mean, like I said, I love this show. And <clears throat> I was kind of hoping to get a rewatch of season one back in um, before the, the next season started, but just time did not allow that. And um, I, I, I look forward to uh, season two uh, quite a bit. I think this is one of those shows that, that, that this is one of the shows, it's probably the, the number one show for, like I said, for 2018. It really grabbed me. I could not believe just how much I enjoyed this. And it was one of those things that, um, there were several us, several friends of mine that we watched this show, and um, the way our week would go is that we would watch it, and then we would send a little voicemail to the other person about um, what we thought about it, and you know things that happened. We'd be like, "Okay, you saw it, right? All right." And then we would know when we get the voicemail. Not to listen unless we saw the episode, but and it just it really sparked that that long time love I've had for both Star Trek and science fiction in general, and it just it felt really good to uh, to have something to talk about, you know. And it's probably one of the things that drove me back to the podcast for being away for so long. It's just the fact that um, I just love talking about this stuff. It's just so good. So I have there's there's other items as well on my list. I mean, it's a big list. I have several movies. We had a uh, we had we had some pretty good movie releases this year, and. Um, you know, we as a family try to do something um, one day a week. It's usually on Monday or Tuesday because those are my days off. We try to do it one afternoon um, when the kids are done with school and things like that. And we try to do, um, we try to either, we always try to go to dinner together, but we try to, it's a pain in the ass too because you got to work around everybody's schedule and everybody complains because you're trying to get their homework done and everything. But my thing has always been if you don't take the time, if you don't force it and you don't work at it and you don't, you, you'll you'll get to the point where you know everybody's growing up and we're never going to um, just sit around together. And my thing is is that even if we're in the same room and somebody's trying to to check their email on their phone to find out about their next homework assignment, or whatever the point is, is we're together. And I know that some people are like, well, you shouldn't do that. Well, I'll do it my way. You do it your way. I you know, but it's a lot of work. So one of the things that had happened is there was a movie club up here that you could join for I think like nine bucks a month. And uh, you got a ticket, or yeah, you're not, you got like a ticket every week, and then you could buy the other tickets for the same price. So um, it made going to the movie relatively inexpensive comparatively. <laughs> not, by, by no means is going to the movie inexpensive, but you figure, you know, nine bucks a ticket, and then plus on top of that, whatever your snacks are, but they give you a discount on that as well. So we, I was able to see a, uh, quite a few movies that um, we wouldn't normally go and see. So, um, one of those movies uh, that I wanted to talk about was um, "Sorry to Bother You," um, which was a movie I had I nothing knew nothing about. It looked like it would be a funny comedy to go see. And uh, again, this is one of those movies I do not want to spoil, but I want to say that this film has a uh, a, sci- a sci-fi slant to it for sure. And you don't see it coming; it comes completely out of left field, and you are like, "What is going on?" And it just 
catches you by surprise. It's so um, kind of crazy that it just makes the film that much more enjoyable. It is a funny comedy. It does. It has its quirkiness about it, and um, it's uh, there's there's parts of it that. Um, it, it seems kind of the, the quirkiness can seem almost forced, but when you take it as a whole, it all just kind of flows together. But um, I really love that it. it's ba- basically about a guy who gets a job at a, at a telemarketing firm and has this ability to sell. And he slowly raises, you know, he starts out on very low and then slowly over time rises to the ranks until he becomes like the elite 1%. He's making a lot of money and, and, um, He's just he's able to pretty much sell anything, and they give him anything to sell. Um, you know, you go from trying to sell life insurance to selling you know ballistic nuclear weapons and stuff like that. It's it's crazy, and then it just takes this really bizarre sideways step, and you're like, what is happening? But I just I loved it. It was just so funny, and it was so quirky that it took me by surprise um, in a way that. Um, a film has it in quite some time. Now, I'm not saying that this is one of those movies you'll go back and watch over and over again. I'm just saying that the thing that I enjoyed about this film is how many times lately have you gotten into a film and watched a film, and when it's over, um, it was just it was that one unique experience. I mean, you can watch it again, and then you can start picking it apart or whatever, but the story was so surprising and went somewhere you didn't think it was going to go that it made the entire film experience unique, and you walked out going, huh, that was interesting, and kind of sparked some conversation among your friends and um, this and that, as opposed to going to see one of the uh, bazillion sequels out there where you're like, well, you know, in this sequel, um, you know, the Predator didn't look as good as the last sequel, or he seemed taller, you know, I mean, the, those weird conversations you have, but... This was just uh, wholly unique in a lot of ways. I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. This is something that's going to kind of catch you off guard. And hopefully, um, like I went in knowing nothing about this movie other than the title. And even I couldn't remember the, remember the title half the time because it's a really bizarre title. And what I and I walked away from the theater perfectly content with what I had seen and just thought it was a really uh, enjoyable film. Now, one of the other things, uh, one of the other movies, and I saw this on, uh, on Blu-ray when it came out, is... Uh, a quiet place. And, um, man, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. And again, I, this is one of those movies that I really liked. And I was really surprised when some people were saying they didn't like it. And I don't, I don't really understand why. Um, I thought it was brilliantly done. It definitely has the, uh, the, I don't want to say the terror level. Um, the creatures in this movie were scary when you saw them, but, the entire time you're watching the movie, it's kind of edge of your seat viewing because you can't make any sound because the creatures hone in on sound. And so the whole movie is about a family who is living without making noise or anything like that um, because um, they can't because they because otherwise it will attract these monsters that are, um, you know, for some reason on this planet destroying, you know, killing everybody or whatever. And the thing that I liked about this movie, uh, one of the things that really stands out to me and maybe it shouldn't stand out, but I, but I, to me, as a, as a huge fan of science fiction and watching, you know, you guys that listen to the show know me. I, I try to watch all this stuff. Um, is the fact that they don't take time to explain why these creatures are here, who they are, how they got here. We don't have to have an origin story. It's just like, boom, here you are. This is Monday, and this is how this is what Monday's like because these creatures exist, and you have to try to live around them. And I just thought it was brilliant because. I don't need a bunch of uh, reasoning behind it. I just need – you're looking, you're watching these people live their lives, and this is how they do it. You don't have to take time to explain to me their 
um, you know, why the creatures are here, what happened to everybody else, what state they're in. Um, we don't know any of that stuff. It's just all about trying to survive like this. And I thought that it was just so well done, and it's so edgier seat because the, the entire film is so quiet. It's just such a. Um, I, I thought I thought the film was just so well done. I thought it was a really um, interesting premise. So A Quiet Place, I highly recommend it. Um, a lot of fun to watch. And um, whether it's Halloween time or not, this is this is a great movie to watch anytime. It's just so, uh, I mean, it's a horror movie, obviously, because of the element of horror. But it's also um, a movie in um, just about trying to survive. And it is, uh, and in itself, um, because this could happen, you know, uh, it, it, you don't necessarily have like a serial killer. You just, it's a science fiction movie and it's just so, um, well put together. Um, and you know, the, the way that they put the sound together, cause there's, there's not talking. So there's other sounds, the way that they put everything together and the way that they build the tension, um, was just so remarkable to me. I, I mean, it just, it really left an impression on me. So highly recommend that one. I apologize for my voice. It keeps cracking. I'm still trying to, I still my body's still doing battle with this bug a little bit, trying to get all the remnants out. So um, I'm going to have a few pauses here, and as you can probably listen to the show and, and tell there's some cuts here. But um, I was going to wait another couple days, and but I can't anymore because I've been dying to do a show. Another uh, another show that I that have that have been watching for a while now, and I really enjoy. And I know that most people that are, are most most guys my age probably not into this show, but um, it's based on a comic, so naturally that's what drew me in. But um, I got my daughter hooked on it as well. And so the way that that was working this time around is that um, she was in Spain. So Netflix had um, all the uh, – they had, they had the, the last season. So she got all caught up or whatever. And they tend to show things uh, more in real time over there. But for whatever reason, Riverdale was not something that they showed in real time. So um, those of you who listen to the show know that I got rid of all my uh, – I'm a cord cutter and I, I use the antenna. And I have a little DVR um, that I record, it records, and then you know from there I can take that file and I can um, watch it on anything, um, and I can also save the file. So I, I was saving the files and then trying the best I could to compress them to as small as I could, and then I was putting it in Dropbox, and then she could watch it. I put it up as a Spain, which my internet was crazy; it could take like three days to upload the file. But she had a friend in Spain as well that also watched Riverdale, so we sit down together and they would watch them. And so I was doing that from week to week. So we were always, we always had something to chit chat about um, whenever I would, because I, I would try to, you know, send her texts and stuff as well. You know, it, it's really great in these days if you have a child traveling overseas for a semester or for a year or for whatever reason, um, and you have applications like WhatsApp and email and all that stuff that you can just keep in touch. Um, it, it's just, it's super awesome. And it's just so much fun to be able to see. Um, what they're seeing, what they're experiencing almost in real time. You know, I really love that. But um, so we would, uh, she would have, she would walk back from class and she would call me because there's enough Wi-Fi there that um, you can get from point A to point B and still stay connected um, via WhatsApp. And then we would, while while she walked, we would just talk about what's going on and we would talk about Riverdale. Riverdale is one of those shows that the first season I wasn't sure I was going to stick with it because it was very teen angsty, very much. Um, I just wanted to see what they were going to do with the characters. Um, they did update them. I did like a lot of things about it, but I wasn't sure I was going to stick with it. Well, then season two came around and had some fantastic episodes. Um, some really, uh, I mean, obviously Riverdale is a town you want to live in because everything happens there. This town is really tiny, but they have a, their own serial killer. Um, they have multiple businesses. Um, they have uh, underground fight clubs. They have... Uh, 
uh, underground drinking clubs. They have uh, super rich people. They have they have multiple gangs. You know, there's it's there's it's it, there's always something to do. You know, never a dull weekend. So this this season, um, things just kind of went off the rails, and we got out of we definitely more into the town politics and the politics of the characters, and um, it has just this season has some weird stuff going on with the game, very much like Dungeons and Dragons that. Um, it's kind of odd, um, but at the same point in time, I, I guess I can buy it, what's happening. But it is a show that I definitely would not have normally. It's not really something I would uh, stay with, you know, once I got to see, ah, after doing this the characters, that's kind of cool and kind of moving on. But I'm glad I stayed um, with it because the current season is just so freaking good. And just the writing here, um, whether you like what they're doing or not, it's very interesting what they're able to pull together for this small town and this, you know, talking about the high school kids and stuff. And it just, and, and the update of the characters has been um, pretty solid. I think these are the, these are the characters you would be getting um, now, as opposed to the classic Archie characters and what they did in their town. They've definitely been updated for a time with the electronics and the technology, and um, the way people. Um, treat each other and um, you know we live in a, a more brazen society where people are not afraid to be rude and um, they don't care about the outcome I'm not saying that's necessarily good or bad I'm just saying that's what it is and I really have enjoyed what they what they've done here now taken with a grain of salt if um, I, I, don't, I don't know that I'd still be watching this show if um, my daughter wasn't so into it um, you know I, I always say I was actually having this conversation with somebody the other day we were talking about books and you know, I, I always said that when she was younger, she would she always read above her her level, but she would read a lot of young adult stuff, and I would read it too, so we could have something to talk about. You know, I didn't want to just talk about TV shows and stuff like that. And she really liked to read. We both really were avid readers, but we were always reading different things. So I would try to read some of the stuff that she read, so we could have a conversation about it. And I found that during that during that time, that a lot of the young adult books out there in science fiction and fantasy are so far beyond what. Um, is currently being marketed to adults. The ideas are more fresh. Um, they're new. Um, if the ideas are old, they've been updated and adding added a different um, angle to them to make them more interesting. And um, I just love reading that. I've, I've found myself, like, um, even with my Audible account, if I want to find something to listen to, and I, there's nothing that in a science fiction genre that has really grabbed me when I'm looking through, when I'm browsing the library. Um, I, I tend to, to lean toward the young adult stuff to see what is out there because there's so many cool books out there that um, do not get the marketing power behind them like they used to have. And because they're not marketed toward me, you know, they're, they're trying to tell me, you know, they're like, oh, you need to, you to read this bestseller, you need to read that bestseller. I'm like, eh, not really a bestseller guy. I like to find the fringe stuff and, and grab onto that and see what's going on there. You know, that's where the more interesting um, ideas are at, I think. But, um, if she didn't love Riverdale as much as she did, I don't know that I would still be uh, sticking with it. But I am glad because this season, um, she wasn't even here when I started watching it. And I just, I was one of like, hey, have you seen a new Riverdale? And she's like, no, they don't have it here. There's no way to watch it. And I was like, well, let me see what I can do about that. So then we started the uploads. And um, she is just, uh, as she thinks, she thinks it's just as crazy as I do. So I highly recommend that. It's on the CW. And um, if, if you're new and you haven't watched any of it, because I do believe it is on Netflix, and you want to get caught up, um, there are some crazy, crazy episodes. One episode that comes to mind that um, I thought was just brilliantly put together, and at first I thought, ah, this is going to be silly, is the school was doing a production of Carrie. And we have a scene where 
the uh, person playing Carrie is covered in the blood of Carrie, and she's no longer at school. Um, she goes home and has an argument. With, it's more than an argument. It's more meaningful, but I don't want to give any spoilers. But she basically has an argument with her mother while she's standing there covered in blood. And it's just, uh, you know, and granted, it's fake blood, but still, it is just so crazy and creepy. And that's when I knew that this show was for me. I mean, it took that long for me. Like, okay, I'm all in. If they're willing to do this, um, and this whole thing is so ridiculous and makes so much sense, I'm all in. So I highly recommend you check it out, Riverdale. But the first season is kind of slow and very teen angsty, but we get a lot of groundwork of the characters. Without the first season, you're going to be kind of lost. And then um, as it, you know, season two really, uh, I think, really ramps it up. And then um, the current season is just fantastic i mean i just like everything that's happening these characters on one hand you're like this is ridiculous how can all this happen to one person but then on the other hand you're like ah, just go with it you know it is what it is and it's it's uh it's a lot of fun okay one last one and then i have a, a short story to tell you i know everybody loves my stories right so the the last one and this took a little while to grow on me like a couple of episodes before i think that they really found their footing which you know in the scheme of things, taking two or three episodes to, to kind of figure out what you want to do um, is not a lot to ask. But uh, the show is the Orville, and you know, obviously uh, Seth MacFarlane vehicle, and, and everybody, you know, the idea was everybody's like, oh, it's going to be hilarious and campy, and and you know, it's going to it's going to be a spoof and this and that, and it's not really any of those things. Um, the first couple episodes, the jokes seem kind of forced, but at this point in time. I believe that the Orville has um, found its footing. And, man, I love this show. And it's, it, it took me till this season to realize when it came back and I was two episodes in, um, I think at this point in time, only three episodes have aired um, of the new season. But it took me that long to realize just how much I enjoy this food. Enjoy this food. <laughs> enjoy this show. And I was going to say because it's like comfort food. So I kind of stumbled there. Um, it is... It's 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 so close to TNG in a lot of ways, but the comedic element um, is now kind of downplayed. It's not so much a spoof as something that if you were having these conversations, you were just kind of making an offhanded joke about um, something that was happening. That's kind of how it all works together and makes the show funny, but makes you also care about these characters. Um and the best example, and this is going to be a minor spoiler, people, um, but, I, but this is the best example I have of what, how the show works and why it works. For those of you that have stopped watching it, go back and watch it, you know, because I'm telling you, it's, it's just a good show. And they've done, they've done some great things with the characters to develop them and make you kind of care about them. Um, the technology there is a looks there. It's just it's a lot of fun. Um, but, for example, one episode, um, one of the characters, the one that they, they – kind of mostly relate with Klingons he has a um they have a a thing that they do um and it's a it's an annual um rebirth ceremony and um basically this species only pees once a year so they get together they go to his planet and he invites all his close friends to witness this and it's his whole thing is like it's a ceremony of rebirth for the new year, you know, and, and things like that. And so that part makes sense. But it's the whole like we throw in this weird angle of like, well, the way we do that is we urinate. We only do it once a year. So when we do it, it's an event. And at first it seems it's like, I mean, yeah, it is kind of absurd, but it works so well because they, they're still able to tell this, the, the story of like the rebirth and, you know, what these characters are doing. But at the same point in time, 
the final scene with him peeing is hilarious. Um, so they do a nice job of meshing it together, of having this comedy element, but at the same point in time, um, telling, um, I think, pertinent stories and stories about the characters that um, make you fall in love with the characters, make you connect with the characters. And it has really been, uh, they've been doing a good job with that. And you talk about a show that is able to pull in some guest stars. Wow. They have, they, they pull out all the stops. They get all kind of... Uh, uh, various people who have been in science fiction or fantasy um, throughout the years, and they're able to pull them in for a guest star. I think the latest episode had um, at least two members of uh, the Trek franchise um, from different uh, different shows, and they just did a great job of incorporating them and certain characters. And it's kind of fun to see these characters because they're they're playing something completely different than what they did in Trek. And I just thought it was uh, uh, well put together, and it looked like when you're watching that, that these particular individuals were having a ball um, playing, um, playing completely off of what they normally would in a, in, you know, the spaceship show, you know? So I think it did a really good job with that. So the Orville, go check that out. It's, it's just a lot of fun and I really enjoy it. And I came to realize that um, with, with the new season that I kind of wanted to go back and watch some of season one again. And I, I do believe I missed an episode, um, during season one, I think something one, one didn't record or something, and I, I kind of want to go back and, and rewatch that again and see what you know how how it's developed because I do remember the first couple episodes um, being pretty rough. Um, with they were trying to to force this uh, comedy in there that wasn't really working because it was too forced, and then as they realized that they could have a show that could tell stories and still have some comedy in it, that it kind of changed from a show that was trying to be comedy and have space elements in it to um, more of a, uh, a kind of a sitcom on a, on a spaceship kind of thing. You know what I mean? But I say the word sitcom on a spaceship as though it's all comedy, but it's not. It might be 1% comedy, and the rest is they're, they're telling a story, you know, and they just do a really good job of it. So I still have items on my list, um, uh, lots and lots of items. But um, as I said in the past, I was trying to get the show um, down to, I'm trying to keep it around 30 minutes, and this week's going to be well over, but I've missed like three weeks, so cut me a break, all right? But I wanted to tell my story. Um, so I had, uh, we had gone to Disney, and one of my favorite things in Disney, um, most of the parks have it, is they have a store called The Art of Disney, where they have, you know, all the Disney stuff that they sell, um, like, you know, uh, higher-end stuff. Like, when I say higher-end, I mean, like, you can you can buy um, prints, you can buy pictures, you can buy sculptures. I mean, all that stuff. It's 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 more than fifteen bucks, you know. Um, and I had been to art all the art of Disney's once, and then I went in one day, one night. We were leaving Epcot, and I went in, and they had this canvas um, canvas print of uh, Merida from Brave. Now, those of you that don't know. I'm a huge Merida fan. Um, if there was a favorite Disney princess, it's going to be Merida. This is the first year on my birthday I didn't go see Merida because all the other years I went to see Merida on my birthday and got my picture taken with her. No big deal, but we're best friends, and uh, she let me hold the bow because it was my birthday. But this year um, we had other things going on, and I actually I didn't see Merida at all this trip. Kind of sad. Last year I had Merida sign my Blu-ray cover for Brave. Yeah, I know. It's not really her, but leave me alone. Um, so... Um, it, it's one. It's one of those characters. I, I love the film. I love the absolutely love the art in the film. It's just it. It's just amazing. And like uh, I usually go and look at the uh, the drawings and I'll um, see if they have. She's just now kind of taken off because like last year, um, Rhiannon got me one for my birthday and um, really kind of had to press the guy to get him to do a Merida. 
So anyway, I'm in the yard at Disney, and I look over, and there's this print, this beautiful print um, on canvas, and it's it's called um, His Father's Daughter, and it's, it's a... Uh, a rendition of Merida holding the bow. Now it's not like a cartoony one. It is like a real painting. I mean, it looks, it looks like a real person. You follow me? Well, I loved it, but I did not like the canvas. I did not like the way it looked. I did not like the way it felt. And I thought, well, I like it, but I don't like it enough. Cause I think it was $115. And if it was, if I liked the canvas, canvas better, I would have bought it because I really liked the artwork on it. So I started to think, Hey, if they have this on canvas, they have to have a print. So I uh, took a picture of the back, and then I went to the website on the back, and I typed in the artist's name, and sure enough, um, she has prints. Um, but she also does a fantastic Pocahontas one and a well, one of um, Mulan. And they, they're, they're all amazing, but the Meredith one's the best, obviously, because I like Meredith the most. So anyway, I was like, man, I really like this. And I'm like, you know what? They do have a print. They have a lithograph. It's limited edition. And I'm like, I really... I want this. And so I'm like, I'm going to order this. I'm going to wait until like three or four days out, and then I'll order this. So when I get home, it'll be there for me. So that's what I did. I went on my handy-dandy cellular device and um, ordered it, and all was hunky-dory. So I get home, and um, the mail comes the next day, and the mailman hates us because it's Christmas time, and we're gone for we we're gone for two weeks, and so we had, you know, a bunch of mail. And... Um, the print was in there. It's a cardboard tube, like as they sell prints, send prints, ship prints. And I opened it up. It's wrapped in paper and everything. And I'm like, I was so excited. And I pull it out. I'm like, man, I'm like, this thing's beautiful. But there is a, I start looking and here there was creases every like four inches in the print. And I'm like, the tube must have got damaged. So I'm looking at the tube and there's like, I, we're talking like, a, you couldn't even hardly tell if you weren't looking for it. That there's like a little tiny dent. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm like, you know, the print, the print wasn't, wasn't cheap. That they, they run about 50 bucks. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and email them and just see what happens. So I emailed and said, hey, you know, I got the print and it's damaged. Now, the prints are all signed and, and uh, numbered. And I'm like, the print's damaged. Um, I'm like, it has a cre- it's, it's something that even if I laid it flat, you would, I mean, it's actually creased the paper. And I'm like, it's never going to come out. And even if I put it in a frame, you're going to see a mile away that there's this, every four inches, there's this crease. And, um, you know, if it was like a poster I paid five bucks for, I wouldn't really care. But I'm like, it's a print, and it's a print of something that I think is fantastic. I mean, the print is fantastic. So, um, so I emailed, and um, uh, several days later, I got an email back, and they said, "Yeah, we'll send a new one out." And then uh, a little bit after that, the, the, the artist actually emailed me and said, "I just saw this," and she apologized all over herself. And I'm like, "It's not your fault. I mean, you know, it's not you didn't you know you didn't deliver it to my house." And they're like, we'll get a new one out to you. And I was like, okay, I'll send this one back. They're like, don't worry about it. We just have to notify Disney because these are numbered and you need to know where they're going. So I was like, all right. So she sent a new one. And um, like three days later, three or four days later, it arrived. And I saw it in the mailbox and I brought it in. And I said to my daughter, I said, wouldn't it be funny if we opened this and it was also damaged? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, well, here, you open it. I said, I can't even, I, I can't, I'm afraid to. I'm afraid it's going to be damaged. Because now that I said those words, because I'm an idiot, it'll be damaged. And I noticed that the tube was already dented, but I'm like, maybe that's, you know, it's it's whatever. So I take the dogs out and I come back in and I walk in there saying, this is even worse than the last one. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, you're just, you're just messing with me. And no, it, this one looks worse than the last one. It's just the whole side's completely messed up. And I am like... 
I'm like, all right. I'm like, I'm going to email this person again. At this point, I'm just kind of getting, I'm not mad at them. I just, it's embarrassing because it's like, you know, how hard is it to ship a print? And like, how, why can the postal service not send this without destroying it? So this time I just emailed the artist directly because I had her email because she responded to me. And I said, look, I know this is ridiculous. I'm like, but this print is also damaged. Um, Upon further inspection, the cardboard mailer for the print could be a little bit heavier. The one they use is about twice as about twice as thick as a paper towel roll, but still, it's wrapped in paper and everything in there. But the only thing I could think of is, is somehow, even though it's as fragile, it's going through a machine and it's crushing it in that one spot, and that's what's causing the problem. Um, but again, you know, they shouldn't destroy it, you know, in shipping. So I said, I said, you know, this the print, I, I it's, it's not, it's not. It's, it's damaged, you know, and I'm like, how about we do this? How about I, you pick another shipper, somebody who you know is not going to destroy us, and I will pay the difference in shipping because um, I paid for, you know, USPS shipping. I think it was like four or five bucks. Um, might have been a little bit more. I don't know. But the other shipping was in the teens, and I was like, I, I didn't, the reason I didn't use that is because, um, the UP, USPS was holding my mail. If I got it shipped the other way and it came a day early, um, and they left it on my front porch and it started to snow or rain or something like that. There's potential it could have gotten soaking wet. So that's why I didn't choose a different shipper. And that's why I choose the U.S. Postal System. Um, I didn't tell her that. I'm telling you that. That's why I chose that. And so she was, she apologized all over herself. And I'm like, look, this is not your fault. I'm like, this is, I was like, I'm sure I'll find this funny when I have the print in my hand, undamaged, finally hanging on my wall. But I'm like, this is not your fault. I'm like, but this is, it's kind of ridiculous, right? So um, that's what we ended up doing. I ended up, um, I ended up paying for, um, I told her to choose a shipper, whichever one she wants. It hasn't arrived yet. Um, this was yesterday was the, was the day I talked to her about it. And I said, you choose a shipper and I will, I will just pay pay you the difference in money. And that way um, everybody, hopefully everybody's happy. And, um, she did respond to me and say that she put the tube inside a box. And so if they can destroy this one, then I just give up. And she can just keep the money, and I, I, I give up because that will be the third one in a row. And so the, the, the funny thing is is the other two prints are in their tubes sitting upstairs on the counter because I cannot bear to throw them away because I love this print so much. It's, I, like I said, I kind of got a thing for Merida. I, I just – I don't know what it is. I just – that movie – um, I saw it in a theater when it first came out. It took Rihanna to see it, and um, it really grabbed me. And I love the character, and I love the fact that she's an archer. And um, and it, it just—I don't know. There's something about it that I really that really grabbed me. All the characters and, and the animation, and everything. Really, I really dug it. Um, so much so that I have it uh, a version of her permanently um, inscribed on my body. And um, so I, I it was just—it was just a whole comedy of errors um, of this of, of all this kind of happening. But um, the reason I'm telling this story is because um, I wanted to tell everybody to go look at the artist's work. And unfortunately, um, I'm not exactly sure how um, some of these artists go. Like, I know they, use, they have to do some sort of conventions, right? But, you know, I'm, I'm used to seeing artists at comic book conventions, um, but not at uh, – I don't know where else you would go to see them. So um, I'll have to investigate that further. Um, the website is wildstartempest.com, and the and the, uh, the artist's name is Heather – Theror, I'm probably destroying the last name. It's T H E U R E R, 
and um, she does fantastic work. You go look at her prints, and if you go to Wildstar Tempest, there's a lot of they, they also have some Star Wars retro posters and stuff like that. This is the first kind of art I've seen um, where somebody like Disney has commissioned them to do stuff um, for Disney, and but they were able to kind of do their own thing rather than sticking to the normal. Um, this is how the character normally looks kind of deal, and so that's one of the things that really that I was really taken with, but. Um, it was, it's just funny. It's funny that um, it took it to be three shipments in order to get this right. And I, I don't know. I mean, I'm laughing about it now, but I was, I was kind of ticked off this when I got the second one. I'm like, I can't believe I just said, wouldn't it be funny if this is damaged too out loud? And then sure enough, the print was damaged. But um, talk about customer service. They have it. They, they were on it. They took care of me. Um, they didn't. Uh, and I even told them I felt so bad. I'm like, I will I will put these in the tube and I'll send these back to you so you can see that they're damaged. You know, I'm like, I'm not trying to take anybody for a ride here or anything. And they were like, no, no, don't worry about it. Um, but it just, uh, I really wanted to print. Normally I wouldn't go above and beyond um, for something like this, but um, I really love this picture. It's really, uh, it's really fantastic uh, what they've done there. And um, if you go to Wildstar Tempest, it's really interesting to see some of the different takes, some, some of the different artists, there's more than one artist there, um, what they've done um, with uh, some of the... Uh, some of the characters and um they have a um there's it's just you go and look it's just if nothing else it's five minutes out of your day and it's some fantastic art i put a smile on your face when it's all said and done but um so hopefully the print will be arriving especially since i bought the frame a week and a half ago and i'm just waiting to to and I'm, i don't even know where i'm gonna hang it yet i just know that i want to get it in a frame get it protected and uh, figure out where to put it from there but i just really dig it i have a uh i have one wall of the bedroom where i have um, prints and um, artwork from different various artwork from from different uh, different things that I love. One of them was uh, I have a, a really cool Star Wars one that my daughter had found um, for me, and it's kind of it's in relief. It's I hate to use the term three D because it's not three D, but it's in relief. So it has the uh, some of the ships are like you know in relief on the on the print itself. So it's kind of interesting. But um, I will be adding this to the collection of uh, weird artwork that I. Um, collect um if it was up to me I, I would never have to paint a wall in this house because i have enough uh prints and posters and things like that to cover up every inch i have a, a very eclectic mix like down here where i podcast i have um the original batman movie poster i'm um, not the original the 1989 one um the only good batman film and um fight me uh and um i think upstairs i have a doctor who um season premiere poster with a uh from matt smith um i have a really nice uh, like retro looking poster of that so I always have bizarre things hanging out and about, just like you would think for somebody who is addicted to science fiction like I am. Anyway, um, that's the show. Thanks for listening. I know it's been kind of long, and next time I'm going to have more of things from uh, 2019. I'm going to have them mixed up a little bit. I got some books, came across a couple of great books, and even a video game. Um, don't play a lot of video games, but when I do, I'm all in. So um, I even have uh, some of that. So, And the video game is kind of fresh in my mind because during my time where I was sick and I couldn't podcast, um, I had two days where I just pretty much played video games all day because um, I played a video game all day because what else was I going to do, you know? But anyway, I will talk to everybody next time. This is Aaron for the Sci-Fi Dig Podcast over and out.